Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about maternal sepsis. And you can find written notes on this topic at zerotofinals.com slash maternal sepsis or in the labour and delivery section of the Zero to Finals Obstetrics and Gynaecology book. So let's get straight into it. Sepsis is a condition where the body launches a large immune reaction to an infection causing systemic inflammation and affecting organ function. It's a significant cause of maternal death. Severe sepsis is when sepsis results in organ dysfunction such as hypoxia or low oxygen, oliguria or a low urine output or a raised lactate. Septic shock is defined when the arterial blood pressure drops resulting in organ hypoperfusion. So there's a low blood pressure meaning that organs are not well perfused with blood. Sepsis in pregnancy is a medical emergency that requires prompt recognition and management to reduce the risk of maternal and fetal morbidity and mortality. Two key causes of sepsis in pregnancy are chorioamnionitis and urinary tract infections. Let's start by talking in more detail about chorioamnionitis. Chorioamnionitis is an infection of the chorioamniotic membranes and the amniotic fluid. This means infection in the membranes and the fluid that surround the fetus. Chorioamnionitis is a leading cause of maternal sepsis and a notable cause of maternal death. It usually occurs in later pregnancy and during labour. Chorioamnionitis can be caused by a large variety of bacteria including gram-positive bacteria, gram-negative bacteria and anaerobes. Therefore, very broad-spectrum antibiotics are required until the organism is identified. Next, let's talk about the presentation. All patients admitted to maternity inpatient units, such as the antenatal ward and the labour ward, will have monitoring on a MEOWS chart. This stands for Maternity Early Obstetric Warning System. This involves monitoring their physical observations to identify early signs of sepsis. The non-specific signs of sepsis include a fever or high temperature, tachycardia or a high heart rate, a raised respiratory rate which is often an early sign of infection, reduced oxygen saturations, a low blood pressure or hypotension, altered consciousness or confusion, a reduced urine output, raised white blood cells on a full blood count, and evidence of fetal compromise on a CTG. Additional signs and symptoms that may be related to chorioamnionitis include abdominal pain, uterine tenderness, and vaginal discharge. Additional signs and symptoms related to a urinary tract infection include dysuria or pain when passing urine, urinary frequency, suprapubic pain or discomfort just above the pubic bone, renal angle tenderness around the back which is associated with pyelonephritis 
or infection in the kidney, and vomiting, which is associated again with pyelonephritis or infection in the kidney. Next, let's talk about investigations. Blood tests are required for patients with suspected sepsis, including a full blood count to assess the cell count, including white blood cells and neutrophils, which rise in an infection. Use an ease to assess the kidney function and for an acute kidney injury. Liver function tests to assess the liver function and as a possible source of infection, for example, acute cholecystitis. A C-reactive protein or CRP to assess for inflammation and infection. Clotting to assess for disseminated intravascular coagulopathy, which is a feature of sepsis. Blood cultures to assess for bacteremia or bacteria in the bloodstream. And a blood gas to assess for the lactate level, the pH to see whether there's an acidosis and to check the blood glucose level. Additional investigations can be helpful based on the suspected source of the infection. For example, a urine dipstick and urine culture, high vaginal swab, a throat swab, sputum culture, wound swab if there's a suspected infection in a wound, or a lumbar puncture for suspected meningitis or encephalitis. Next, let's talk about management. Senior obstetricians and midwives should be involved early in the care of women with suspected chorioamnionitis or sepsis. There should be a local guideline in your hospital for managing maternal sepsis. Early recognition and management is essential and this will involve the sepsis 6 which we'll go through shortly. Continuous maternal and fetal monitoring is required. Depending on the condition of the mother and the fetus, early delivery may be needed. Emergency caesarean section may be indicated when there's fetal distress, guided by a senior obstetrician. In women with sepsis, a general anaesthetic is usually required and a spinal anaesthetic is avoided. Always follow the local guidelines when you're choosing antibiotics. When treating maternal sepsis, very hard-hitting, broad-spectrum antibiotics are required as they need to cover possible gram-positive bacteria, gram-negative bacteria and anaerobes. There's also a significant consequence of inadequate treatment. Example regimes include tazacin plus gentamicin, or a combination of amoxicillin, clindamycin and gentamicin. A Tom tip for you, when you're preparing for exams and thinking about possible antibiotic choices for different conditions, it's worth searching Google for local NHS Trust antibiotic policies. It's quite interesting to see how the policies vary between different trusts, given the differences in antibiotic resistance in different locations. Think about what specific bacteria the microbiologists are targeting with varying choices of antibiotics. For example, if a regime involves metronidazole, this is to target anaerobic bacteria. Thinking in this way is a helpful way to become familiar with different bacteria and different antibiotics used to treat different infections. 
Finally, let's talk about the septic six. The septic six involves three tests and three treatments. The three tests are the blood lactate level, blood cultures, and urine output monitoring. And the three treatments are oxygen, empirical broad-spectrum antibiotics, and intravenous fluids. So thanks for listening to this episode on maternal sepsis. As always, a big thank you to Harry Watchman for perfectly editing the podcast. And I hope you join us for the next episode where we'll talk about amniotic fluid embolization.